Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. <laughs> All right, let's get into the serious business of church this morning. Y'all ready? I can sit here and tell y'all some words of wisdom and give you some anecdotes and some funny remarks and all that, but I'd rather just tell you this. God loves you. This is a time of the year when we really need to start thinking about what does God really mean? What did God give us that we can never repay? No matter how hard we try, we cannot repay the gift he gave us. We can't outgive him. But we can sure give to the church, and we can sure give to our community, and we can give to each other. And those gifts need to come this time of the year, because this is the time of year when we need them. You know, I'm not one to get up here. Y'all know me well enough to know I don't get up here and preach on tithing and how important it is and all that. I don't do that. But I will tell you this. This time of the year is when we need to reach deep inside ourselves. If you've been blessed this year, you need to bless other people. And the way this church blesses other people is through our benevolence fund, through our benevolence and our giving to the community. And if you don't give, I can't give. You understand what I'm saying? I can't help people. We can't help people if y'all don't give. So we need to get those, get that in your hearts this week, this month, okay? Because there are a lot of people out there that are in worse shape than you are, I promise you. And the worst person in this room knows what I'm talking about. It's 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 hard it's hard to give when you're not got a lot to give. There's actually a story in the Bible about a woman that went into the the temple to pay her tithes, and there was a lot of rich people in there, and they were giving big big offerings and tithes. And disciples saw a little old woman. She walked up to the thing and dropped in a penny. And the disciples questioned that. And they said, Jesus looked at them and said, who in here gave the most? People with a whole lot can give a lot, can't they? And it really is not a sacrifice, is it? But what about that little lady that walked in there with one penny to her name? And she gave every bit of that penny at one time. Which one's the greatest giver? That one penny was the greatest gift of all because it was all she had. I mean, it's easy for somebody that's got a lot of money to give, but it's hard for somebody that doesn't have any to give. But can I tell you something about what God does with that little penny? That little penny kept her going all year. God blessed her all year long for that little penny that she gave. She didn't have to do without, did she? Because God, you can't outgive God. She gave her all. What do you think God gave her? Carry that in your pocket. Go home with it today. That was a free token. That ain't even part of the message. Yeah, this is first Sunday, isn't it? Wow. Where did where'd last month go? All right. Those guys are in there doing their thing, but we're going to go ahead and keep going because we got to keep moving this morning. Time of communion is a time that we, is another form of worshiping God, isn't it? Christ called his disciples together into the upper room, and he told them to go prepare the feast, prepare the meal for the Passover. 
he wanted to say one more Passover with him before he ascended to the cross. And it was very important to him that he did it. So he went into the upper room and they ate their meal. And as they were eating, as tradition of the meal, at the end of the meal, he took the bread. And he held the bread up to God. And he said, Dear Heavenly Father, this is my body that I will give as a sacrifice for my people. Let them take and eat of this and do it in remembrance of me and do it often. After they'd eaten, he took the cup. The cup of wine represented the blood that he was going to shed. So he lifted it up to the Father and he said, Dear Heavenly Father, this is the blood that I will shed to wash away their sins and to seal the covenant between you and them. Take and drink and do it often. It's a it's kind of cool when you stop and think about the gift that God gave us. And that part of the communion, after the communion was done, they left the room and they went into the garden to pray. And Jesus knew what was coming. He knew that they were going to take him and put him on trial and that they were going to convict him of crimes that he didn't make, that he didn't commit. And when he got into the garden, he asked his disciples, and this is a very important thing. This goes along with the message today, so I want you to pay attention to it. When they got into the garden, he told them to wait at the gate, to, to wait at the entrance. And he said, I'm going to go off and pray, but I want you to pray with me. He asked them to sit there and pray. He left them there at the gate, and he went into the garden deeper and knelt to pray. And as he was praying, he got up and walked back to check on the disciples, and what did he find? They were asleep. And he woke them all up, and he said, You can't pray with me for the hour? My time is coming, and you can't pray with me? How many of us today, as disciples of Christ, have a tendency not to pray with God. You know, you know that He requires us to pray. How do we communicate with God? Through our prayers. And that's one of the things I think this country has lacked on for a long time. I think if we would get back to the ways of doing it the way God told us to do it, if we'd start praying more and we'd start praying for the things we need to pray for, Charlie kind of talks about this a lot. He talks about your grocery list that you pray for. You know, we got a want list that we pray for. We want God to bless us with stuff. And he won't, we won't, we won't, we won't, we won't, and we ask him for it. Why don't we try something different this year? Why don't we try thanking God for what he's already given us? Thank him for the freedom that we have in this country. And, yes, we are still free, people. Don't matter who's sitting up there on that throne at the White House. That man does not control the country. God controls it all. And if we'll learn to pray, I've talked about this all during the election time. Humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways and pray, and I will hear your prayers and I will bless your land. Do you think that was just for the election time? I think that's for all the time. And if we would learn to humble ourselves and pray the way we should, 
God will answer our prayers. My prayers today is not for the things I want. My prayers today is for the things that this country needs. We need to make sure that we pray for the right things. Riches and fame is not what we need. We need blessings. We need grace of God. We need the power of God to come back into this world that we live in. Okay. I'm done. Barbara, you got one more song over there? You already Eighteen wheeler dropped me off at that city limit sign. Morning sunlight hurt my eyes. It's a long way from where I've been back to my hometown. There's a man in me I need to drown to baptize me in that muddy water. Wash me clean in amazing dreams. I ain't been living like I ought to. Baptize me in that muddy water. Made my way to that little church. At the end of that dirt road Dragging what was left Of my soul I could see the saints out back By the river bank And I could hear forgiveness Calling out my name Baptize me Wash me clean in amazing grace. Ain't been living like I ought to. Baptize me in that muddy water.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father God, I take this time now to ask your, your blessing upon the service. I ask you to bless the words that I read. I bless. I ask that you bless the message that comes from it. Father, just encourage it and endure it. Let the Holy Spirit fill this room and let each one receive what they need this morning from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to go to Isaiah 51. Somebody likes that. I don't know who. Somebody likes that. In my Bible, I have little titles above each chapter that kind of tells you what it's about. And this one, is, one says, The Messiah's Encouragement. How many of y'all need encouraged this morning by the Messiah? So let's listen to what he says. You ready? When you get there, say amen. Ready to read. Listen to me, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord. Consider the quarry of which you were maimed, the rock from which you were cut. Yes, think about your ancestors, Abraham and Sarah. From whom you came, Abraham was alone when I called him, but when I blessed him, he became a great nation. The Lord will comfort Israel again and make her deserts blossom. Her barren wilderness become a beautiful as Eden. In the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will found there. Loving songs and thanksgivings will fill the air. Guys, I'm going to stop right there for a minute, and we're going to talk about this for just a second. God is making promises. God has made promises to Israel, which translates to us. What God promised Israel comes down to us because of our father Abraham. Because Abraham is the father of all nations, right? So when Abraham was alone and destitute, what did God do? He brought comfort to him. He brought blessings to him. He brought riches to him. But what did Abraham do? Abraham didn't just sit back and say, thank you, God. Appreciate it. He got out and did something with it, didn't he? He learned to live under the favor of God. How many of y'all in here today would love to live under complete favor of God? Come on. Everybody in this room should want to. But what do we have to do in order to live under the complete favor of God? To be favored by God, we have to be obedient to his word. And how do we get to be obedient to his word? Well, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, can you do it? When you all learn to drive cars, the first time you got behind the wheel of a car, were you good at it? You scared other, other people, too. And let me tell you something. An uninformed Christian will scare people. An untaught Christian can scare people. And people get an idea of being a Christian is, 
I got to be this and I got to do it this way and I got to be perfect. I got to do everything exactly right. And if I claim to be a Christian and people look at me and I ain't doing it exactly right, what do they say? Hypocrite. You don't know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're talking about. How are you going to tell me how to live for God when you can't do it? Guys and girls, I tell you this, but they're partly right. Because if you go in there unarmed and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to lead somebody the wrong way. Now, does that mean that everybody that goes to God is perfect? Does that mean that every pastor that preaches is perfect? What about every deacon? Are they always right on time and perfect and do everything exactly the way it's supposed to be done? How about you? Are you perfect? Do you do everything you're supposed to do right on time? <laughs> Les, we're not even going to talk about you back here. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's time for Christians to wake up and realize something. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being perfectly right. It's about being covered in the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that a multitude of sins can be covered by his blood. How many of y'all really believe that people that are saved don't sin? Come on now. Really? I know all of you. <laughs> I know me. And in this room, I'm probably the worst one of all. Because I should know better, right? Well, shouldn't you know better too? Well, God holds me to a higher standard. Men don't have a right to. I'll tell you that right now. Man does not have a right to hold me to a higher standard because you're not at that high standard yourself. God can hold you at a high standard because he is God. But I'm not supposed to judge you. You're not supposed to judge me. I'm supposed to love you. No matter what you do, I'm supposed to love you. No matter how you act, I'm supposed to love you. No matter how many times you make me mad, I have to love you. I don't even have to like you. There's a difference between liking somebody and loving them, isn't there? But I got to love you because God said I did. And be honest with you, I love most of you. Some of you, the jury's still out on. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, Israel. For my law will be proclaimed, and my justice will come a light in the nations. My mercy and my justice are coming soon. Your salvation is on the way. I will rule the nations. They will wait for me and long for my power. Look up to the skies above and glaze down at the earth beneath. For the skies will disappear like smoke and the earth will wear out like a piece of cloth. The people of the earth will die like flies, but my salvation lasts forever. My righteousness rule will never end. One thing I guarantee you will never end. I guarantee it will never end no matter what. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and you live by the obedience of God and you do what He tells you to do, your salvation will never die. 
your walk with God will never die. Now, you hear what I said, right? Your belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and your obedience to God, your walk with God will never die. What's that mean? Does that mean I can believe in Jesus and halfway live by what God tells me? Does that mean I can believe in Jesus and live how I want to? It said to believe in Jesus and follow my word. Is that resonating on somebody this morning? Follow my word. Do what I tell you to do. Live the way I show you to live. Did he hide his secrets from us? Is his secret of how to live hidden from you? You got to go searching for it? No, he put it in a book. He had his people write a book to tell you how to do it. Does that mean the book has no value? That book is the most valuable thing on this planet. And if you learn that book and you learn what that book says about how you're supposed to live, what is your life going to be like? What can you have that you need that's not covered in this book? There is nothing in here that you don't need. Everything in this book you need. And you need to live by it as best you can. Does that mean you're going to be perfect at it? No, but you can sure try to be, can't you? You can sure try to do it. And there's some things that's written in this book that is just simple things to do. Love God with all your mind, body, and soul. How hard is that? Not hard. But there's a lot of people out there that don't do it. And then that next little clause that goes after that, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, that one's a little tougher. That one is a little tougher. I'll give you credit for that. But is it impossible? Why is it not impossible? Because I can do all things through Christ who loves me. If I believe in Christ and I live for Christ the way I'm supposed to, I can love anybody, anytime, anywhere. Because Christ loved me that much. When I was at my lowest point in my life, and I'm not giving the devil any credit anymore because that's just not what I am anymore. When I was at my lowest point, who still loved me? God still loved me. When I messed up big time, who was still there for me? When I turned my life over to Jesus and I asked him to come into my life, who was there for me? Who was there last night when I was having Christmas dinner and making a glutton out of myself? God. God is always there. He will always be there for you. I can't stress this enough, folks. Your salvation is your choice. God loving you is not his choice. He, cho he didn't choose to do it. He can't help but do it. God loves you no matter what. But, Jr., you don't know what all I've done. I don't care what you've done. You don't care what I did last week. I don't care what you did last week. You don't have to account to me what you do. But you will hold account to somebody. And that somebody has more authority than anybody else. When God chooses to judge you, you better look out. And does God judge? The book said he does. The book says he will judge his people. But how many of y'all have been in the criminal justice system at all? What is the greatest tool you can carry to court with you? 
a lawyer, a lawyer, somebody to stand up and speak for you, somebody that knows the rules and knows the law and knows what's going on to stand up and tell the judge, hey, this is what happened. This is how it did. You come out a lot better with a good attorney, don't you? How would you like to stand before God without Christ? Without Christ in your life, you stand before God. Where are you going? You're going to hell. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You don't get to pass go. You don't get to collect $200. And I'll tell you another secret about going to hell. A lot of people think, well, I'm a pretty good old guy. I have a pretty good old girl. And I'll probably go to hell, but I won't be there long because I'll get a reprieve. Let me tell you something. There is no parole system in hell. There's no get out early for good behavior. Hell is eternal, just like heaven. So when do you need to get ready to go to heaven? Right now. When do you need to accept Christ as your attorney? Right now. When do you need to start living the way God told you to? Right now. When do you need to start studying the Word of God and learning what God has for you? Not only what you have for you, but what you can do for others. When do you need to start doing that? I can quit preaching. I can quit preaching, can't I? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're worse than the Israel people because we've already watched them go through it for all these years, and we still do it. We still do the same things 2,000 years later than what they were doing when Christ died on the cross. It's just as important today for people to realize who Christ is. Okay. All right. Y'all focus this way. David, it's taken care of. Y'all focus this way. God's working. I'll tell you something, folks. It's time for people to realize who God is and what God is. Oh, Jr. I grew up in churches. I I went to church from the time I was two years old, and Mama drugged me, Grandma drugged me. I went to church all my life. I got baptized when I was five. I went in there and got baptized when I was five. I know everything's okay. Just because you got baptized at five, does that mean you got a relationship with Christ? Where's your relationship with God at? You see, we have to get to a point where we understand that religious stuff does not save you. Religious life does not save you. What saves you? Relationship with Christ. And without a relationship with Christ, you have no relationship with God. Because Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Does that make exceptions for well, Oprah said, or what about what Tom Cruise said? Is that is that an exception? Who's the authority in this? Christ is the authority. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christ is the only way. So we got to get to a point where we understand that, don't we? Wake up. I'm in verse 9. I don't know where y'all are. Wake up, Lord. Robe yourselves with strength. Rise yourself as in the days of old. 
when you swept Egypt, the dragons and the Nile. Are you not the same today, the one who died on the sea, making the path escape when we save when we when you saved your people, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return to Jerusalem, singing songs everlasting, enjoy sorrow and mounting with the deep disappearance, and they will be overcome with joy and gladness. Are you living a happy life today? Are you living the life you need to be living? You got depression in your life? How about alcoholism, drug addiction, all those other things that keep us away from God? Okay, let's don't go to the extreme. Let's don't go alcoholism, drug addiction. How many of y'all have depression? How many of y'all have fear? How many of y'all suffer from I don't knows? I don't knows. A lot of people suffer from that one, don't they? They suffer from, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to get my next meal. I don't know where I'm going to do this. I don't know. Can I give you a secret? Trust in God, you'll find out. Trust God, you'll find out where your next meal comes from. Trust God, you'll find out where your next car payment comes from. Trust in God, you'll find out where your job will take you. Live on your own. Struggle on your own and use those famous words that used to float around here all the time. I got this. Come see me in about six months and let me know how well you got it. If you're still living the same way you started out this year by saying, I got this, maybe you need to think about who's really got this. Where's your walk with God today? The Messiah made promises that if you will serve him, he will bless you. Does that mean you're going to fall down on your face sometimes? Does that mean you're going to have to hit your knees occasionally and say, God, I need help? Does that mean you're not going to be have to call the pastor up and say, hey, pastor, I need some help with my bills this month. I'm having troubles. No. But if you listen to what God tells you, it will get easier. And it will get better. And yes, believe it or not, your pastor loves you, and I care about y'all, and I want to make sure you have the things you need. That's why I come in here every Sunday morning and give you this message. It's because God gave me a message to tell you. His message to you today is he's still on the throne. He still loves you, and he still wants you to be saved. If you're not in Christ this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's only one reason that you don't do it, and that's you. Last week, I talked about choices we have to make. And this morning, you have an opportunity to make a choice. Keep living the same way you've always lived, or turn something around, try something different. Oh, I've, JR, I've been down that road before, and it didn't work. Maybe you didn't put no effort into it. Maybe you really wasn't ready. Or maybe you just said it because somebody else around you said it. I have a, a step-granddaughter that a few years back, I got tickled at her. They called us that she was going to be baptized, and we all went to her baptism, and they had a big 
baptism of the youth group. And there was probably 30 kids getting baptized that day. And the young pastor that was there, every one of them that got in the pool with him, he said, why are you getting baptized today? And most of them said, because I believe in Jesus, or I feel like I need to, or whatever. My little step-granddaughter stepped into the pool, and he said, why are you getting baptized today? And she said, because Courtney did. She was honest about it, but she didn't get baptized for the right reason, did she? Do you really know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? And do you really have a relationship with him? Or did you get baptized because it was a cool thing to do? Or did you start going to church because Grandma drug you by the earlobe and you just got into the habit of doing it and you just kept on doing it? Going to church will not save you. I'm telling you that. Going to church will not get you into heaven. Accepting Christ while you're going to church will get you into heaven. But without Christ, you ain't going to heaven. Period. So my question this morning is, who in here has not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior? And who doesn't have a relationship with God today? Are you being obedient to the Word of God? Are you living the way God told you to? Are you doing the things you're supposed to do? Are you just muddling through life trying to get there? Muddling through life these days is going to get harder, folks. Our government's proved that already. And I love our government. Don't get me wrong. I'm still, I'm still living under that oath that I took in 1977. I will defend this country with the last drop of my blood. And I will defend your right to be free. But I also will tell you that you need Christ in your life. Because that's the best freedom of all. If you're not free from your sin this morning, you've never accepted Christ. Right now it's your time to do so. I need you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because what goes on in here in the next few minutes is between you and God, not between you and anybody else. Husbands and wives, daughters, sons, everybody else. doesn't matter what anybody else is doing next to you. It's what are you doing right now with God. What's God telling you this morning you need to do? Is he telling you you need to lay down some stuff? You need to walk away from some things that you've been doing? Or do you need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time? It's up to you. It's your decision to make. I can't make it for you. If I could, you know what I would tell you. But I can't make it for you. All I can do is give you the road to do it. I want you to pray. For a minute. A simple prayer is to ask Christ what He wants you to do. Ask Him where you are in life. What do you need to do for Him? Continue to work that way. Just a minute. Don't worry about what's going on around you. Don't worry about what's going on in the other room. Just think about what you need this morning. Where you are. Keep it going. Just a minute.
there's one person in this room that needs to hear your voice this morning. Let them hear it right now. Let them receive you right now. Let them catch the, the drift of what's going on. Ask them what's going on in your life and lead them into the place that you need them to go. Watch over them, dear Father. In Jesus' name. All right, guys, anybody in the room today need to make a decision for God? Now's the time to do it. If you need that, if you need Christ in your life right now, is the time. No need to put it off any longer. Today is your day. And all you got to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I need you to come into my life and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Forgive me where I failed you and walk with me through the rest of my days. That's all you got to do. Simple, right? But I can't do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. Okay? It's your move. What do you want to do? Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we've had together here this morning. I ask that you continue to bless each and every one of us. Lead us where you need us to go. In Jesus' name, watch over us. Keep us safe as we travel. Now let us get out of here and go do what we got to do. Les. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.